Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. You didn't come here to see me today. You came to see the man of the hour. He voices Xander in Beyblade Burst, June and Kakaguri, probably mispronounced that, and Roche in Final okay. Fantasy VII Remake, just to name a few. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you all to the man who has recently stolen my heart, Austin Lee Matthews. Austin, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, dandy as candy. Austin, I just wanted to say, first off, a personal thank you for joining us today for the second episode of Vision Con Live. You know, I'm happy to like, do so. I was telling Kyle, uh, Kyle Haybear, the other day when we did the Tuesday for the first episode, you know, shot my shot to uh, certain celebrities. Didn't really expect to hear back from any of you guys. But when I heard from you specifically, I was with one of my friends named Nessa, and I, I'll have to admit I did a little bit of a squeal when I saw that uh, <laughs> you responded to me. So uh, <laughs> just to say I, that- I still fanboy squeal sometimes, and I, and I'm, and I do this professionally, so like, I get it. <laughs> Thank you, that does make me feel better. Well, speaking of you being a professional voice actor, you know, we all know that you have a long list of in your rapport, but I actually wanted to start this interview by going all the way back to your superhero origin story. How did we get from here all the way back? Start us from the beginning, Kyle. Okay, if you want to start at the very, very, very beginning, mm -hmm. um, my, my, my mother said I made noises when I came out. <laughs> And I've been always, I've, I've always been, I guess, making noises and doing stupid voices and stuff like that. Um, my first impression I ever did was Steve Irwin. Um, and, so, and, and so I was always like, all right, so we see this little spider over here. My mother would just be like, Austin, please, please. <laughs> as impressive um, as that is, it's, it's 2 a.m. Yeah, I, I uh, got in trouble for, you know, on constantly doing voices in school. Um, and I, um, I used to, like, be fascinated by, like, anything that showed off, like, the voice actors working. Um, it started with um, the SpongeBob uh, DVD. They had a, uh, a whole featurette about the voice actors and, like, how they do the voices and do the SpongeBob laugh and all that stuff. And I watched that. Oh, gosh. I think I watched that featurette more than I watched any single episode on that DVD. Um, and uh, then a high school rolls around. Um, and my friends, we like internet cartoons constantly. And we are, we're always quoting them. And like there was a, a whole period of time when I had the entirety of Metal Gear Awesome 2 by Aaron Hansen memorized. And one of my friends was like, hey, Austin, uh, do, do, do a Metal Gear Awesome for us. And I basically did the entire thing from memory in, vo in like the voices. He's like, dude, that's really cool. You should like, you know, do that for a living. And I'm just like, hey, maybe I should. So one day I auditioned for a, uh, uh, a machinima. Uh, and ended up getting cast for five out of the six characters that I auditioned for. And I was like, huh, maybe I should keep doing this. And then uh, fast forward a couple years to uh, Anime Expo 2011, and I made the finals of uh, their voice acting competition. And then in 2014, that same uh, convention had a open audition for a show called um, Magi the Labyrinth. Wait, no, this was uh, The Kingdom of Magic. Um, and I ended up being the first callback that year. Uh, and started recording a couple months after that um and that was my first studio gig by then i'd been working for about five years at that point um but now i'm going on 11 years and i've been doing i've been doing like professional like in studio stuff for anime and video games since like 2014 but i've been doing this collectively since 20, uh, 2009 um but uh, fast forward, and I got myself an agent last year. Uh, one of the first things I auditioned for was Roche, and two weeks later, I booked Roche, and well, here we go. Man, coming out the gate, you're big. I mean, granted, like Maggie and all that, like those are you know big roles, but you know, Final Fantasy VII remake, you know, one of the most anticipated games of the year, games of the oh, decade yeah. even, and you come out the gate and nail one of the auditions. That's very impressive. And don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get to that in a minute. I've been waiting for this a long time. 
But uh, let me just mute my... Uh, but first and foremost, after that, I just wanted to touch on something that you mentioned briefly, is that uh, you started kind of your... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you kind of got your start, if you want to call it that, uh, in a machinima, which I've actually noticed a lot of people or voice actors kind of got their start. So do you want to, yes. if you want to go ahead and plug the machinima, or if you don't, just kind of, how did that process go? Uh, the machinima never actually came out. Mm. Um, but like, because I, because I booked that, I started making friends in the community who were also going to be in that. And they kind of helped point me like in the direction of like where to like get, you know, more auditions and stuff like that, because I found that audition on YouTube. Really? Um, and so like, they're like, Hey, like, you know, YouTube's not the best place to find auditions. I'm surprised that you found this at all. Um, here's a, um, here's a place you, you know, find some more. And from there I uh, booked uh, some, you know, some animations and stuff like that. Um, and some games and uh, that's really where I got my big start was like machinima never came out <laughs> it was the people that I that I met from that experience that really like helped me like get my start um but even like past then I know I did some machinima don't really do that them that much anymore um like well the the, the big machinima oh I'm sorry Oh, just said my internet. Okay, there we go. It said my internet connection was unstable and it's back now. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, we lost you for a little bit, but uh, what I was saying was, I mean, kind of the big heyday of Machinima, I mean, back when, oh, I was like, you know, in my early teens, you know, Machinimas were huge. They were all the rage. You know, you couldn't go on YouTube's uh, front page without getting a recommended video for any Machinima. Oh, yeah. Not, not so much anymore, so that's not really too surprising to hear. Yeah. But, uh, but then you kind of, Plod your way back. And so then I want to talk next about some of the anime um, roles that you have. If you want to go dive kind of deeper in there, be them Beyblade, Kakagiri, the ton of others that you have. Like I said with uh, Kyle's interview Tuesday, you know, if we spent the time to go over each and every one of your roles, you know, we'd be here all day. Yeah. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you take kind of the helm and talk about the ones that you are kind of either most proud of or ones that kind of most, um, what's the word, uh, most show off, you know, your rise to fame. Okay. Um, well, I can say that the first, the first anime I ever got cast in was Magi the Labyrinth, sorry, The Kingdom of Magic. Um, but the first anime I ever recorded was Kill la Kill. Um, and I'm very, very proud of that because I had... Um, I had literally just finished watching that show in Japanese um, when I got a uh, I got a phone call basically saying like, "Hey, we want you in Magi, but also, hey, are you available tomorrow to record Kill a Kill?" And I'm just like, "Uh, yeah, of course I can record my freaking favorite anime of the year." Are you kidding me? Um, I was so excited about that, and uh, I did some some walla for that. You can't find me as in any named characters, but if you listen to the crowd and pick out individual voices in the crowd. I'm, uh, I'm in there. Um, but then from there, um, I did a lot of like bit parts here and there in uh, seven deadly sins. Um, Oh gosh, what else did I do? Jojo's bizarre adventure, uh, stuff like that. Uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter, Hunter. I voiced, I think my first named character in Hunter, Hunter. I was a, uh, um, I was a couple of characters in there. I was a, uh, um, this really kind of like timid trickster guy named Motorik in that. Um, and he shows up for like an episode and then a couple episodes later ends up getting completely screwed over. <laughs> and then we don't know what happens to him. Um, but, uh, and then after that, I got cast in, I, th I think, I think this is the order. I'm pretty sure. Um, I got cast as June um, in Kakegurui, just like apropos of nothing. Like they just, they, like I didn't audition for anything like that. They're just like, hey, you want to uh, be this guy? His name is June and like a named character in a thing? Absolutely. Let's go. Um, yeah, I was excited. Um, I'm like, I don't even have to audition, huh? Um, Celeb status. And uh, the first like big character I remember auditioning for and booking 
was in a not a not an anime but um a video game the video the, the video game i believe actually came before kakeguri um because we were just talking about anime but i'm gonna go jump back mm-hmm. the, the game uh that kind of helped me like get my feet uh in uh in some places was um uh cyber dimension neptunia i voiced the final boss in that game um and i know a lot of people probably played that game it's a very niche game but that was a kind of character that i've always wanted to play because he's very just he's very much just this like bombastic i would almost say it's the closest i've ever gotten to playing the joker because he's kind of like this 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 demonic trickster who's always cackling and going <laughs> um and it was a lot of fun getting to do that and that game is just ridiculous the comedy is just all over the place and it's hilarious um but that kind of like got me to the point where I'm like, okay, maybe I do have the ability to, you know, do this. Cause I wasn't really booking any major auditions um, prior to that. So that was really what kind of got me on the ground. I mean, I would argue that you definitely do have the ability to do this because just there, I mean, you have a naturally kind of low register, but then like on a dime, you just like went that high up oh yeah but like at that point i didn't know that but that that was like the moment i'm like okay you know maybe i can maybe i do for this and that was back in i think 2000 either 15 or 16 i'm not i'm not entirely sure at this point um but uh yeah that was my first like like okay maybe i can play named characters gonna be a background forever you know Sure, sure. Now, do you kind of have a preference? Because I know that you have, you know, you do video games, anime, cartoons. Is there, like, any preference that you have, or is it just kind of all, you know, the same deal, different name? Um, My absolute preference is um, in uh, what we we call prelay cartoons, which prelay basically means that we record it, and then they animate to us. Um, as opposed to dubbing over it. Um, I, I really enjoy doing that because mo- mo- more often than not, in the few prelay shows that I have done, we record it in a group. And I enjoy recording in a group with the other actors. It makes it a lot more fun to bounce off of everybody. Um, and uh, we get better performances typically when we record as a group. Um, but other than that, like I, if I had to pick like another, like my my second favorite thing to do is absolutely video games because with video games, I get to go hog wild. Um, like for example, Roche, like I absolutely got to go nuts with Roche and that was, there was some dubbing in there too, but like even the dubbing was two hour, two hour lip movements and not the Japanese lip movements, which was, um, really cool to see. Um, but yeah, those are my two like big preferences. Which I am glad you brought that character up because ladies and gentlemen, da, 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 give me one sec. Had to mute something real quick. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, anybody who knows me, Zach Wilson, not the person you came to see today, you know that one of my favorite things in the world is Final Fantasy VII. Oh yeah. Now, when I heard that the remake was coming out, you know, obviously was in tears with excitement. Super stoked for the remake of my favorite game of all time. Fast forward, they announced that they're having new story elements. Awesome. Fast forward again, they announced they're having new story characters. So I'm playing the game, and first off, everybody who's watching, slight spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake. If you don't want to be spoiled right now they're minor spoilers but if you don't want to see any it's of this early movie, enough in the game that it's not that big of a spoiler it really is but i still get teared apart in the comments if i don't at least mention it so <laughs> if you guys don't want anything at all spoiled for you uh you can go ahead and jump out this is going to be recorded so you'll be able to see it once you either got past that story or you can just fast forward through it but with or that, i can do then, this when we're done talking about this oh i like that i like it let's do that um but so now that that is out of the way I'm playing the motorcycle scene. You know, super fun, love the music behind it. I drive past a certain character. He's looking pretty cool. I tried my best to stay away from all of the, as many trailers that I could to the game because I wanted to experience, uh, you know, the remake fresh with myself. 
and just, you know, Roche, which is that character's name, you know, you're, you're battling him as Cloud and just, he's wisecracking. He's just such a fun and charismatic character. You know, let's push it past the red line. You know, one of my favorite <laughs> lines of the entire remake. And then you get to fight him again later. And just like, he's such a fun and unique character. And you honestly made me accept, like, I was on the fence until that moment about these new characters. Granted, leading up to that, you know, you didn't really meet any uh, big named new characters outside of like Johnny. But um, at that point, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe Square Enix knew what they were doing. So I'm just really <laughs> curious to you know if there was any in, like any inspiration behind Roche, kind of what was your thought process behind it, and just you know anything you'd like to add. Well, real quick, I should and say Johnny's actually not a new character, not not even a new named character. He was in the original. Um, yeah, he shows up. He shows up at the Honeybee Inn. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, he 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 is in the uh, the original. He just shows up much earlier in the remake. For sure. Uh, but yeah, the thing with Roche is like, he is one of those characters that like, I feel like I have always wanted to play, but didn't really know how to articulate that kind of character because he's one of those, he's one of those villains slash like rival characters who is completely hilarious and also slightly terrifying because he laughs harder the more that you hit him. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the kind of villain that I really wanted to play. Like, like this completely just, and I say villain very loosely because he's anti-hero at worst. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, I, I feel like he was always kind of the character that I was like meant to play. Um, so getting to finally do that and like have like, you know, being able to like describe that kind of character meant a lot to me, but also like, I'm a big final fantasy seven fan before I even played the game, the original game. I, um, I was a big fan of the compilation of final fantasy seven. I've seen advent children about 50 times since it came out in my, in my high school years. Um, I cosplayed as Sephiroth in high school. Um, I was absolutely ballistic about it in every way, except for the fact that I could never, I never actually had the opportunity or means to play the original. Um, And finally, like when I got cast as Roche, I was like, okay, screw it. I'm playing the original now. Um, And like getting to experience that was just an absolute blast and like though the game has aged in many ways but like even even with its like the big moments still hit me the big you know 26 years of spoilers that big moment still hit me um the the ending gets me like all the big important moments of that game got me and i had a lot of fun with it and the music is between the original and the remake, my favorite video game soundtrack of all time, bar none. Oh, easily. Um, Without a doubt. uh, It was already my favorite. You know, obviously I've got, you know, the soundtrack, you know, then my original copy. But, um, you know, I, and that that was another thing that was a little kind of on the fence about with the soundtrack, because that's a soundtrack that hold very near and dear to me. But they did a fabulous job with that as well. You know, the whole motorcycle scene is actually uh, Run, 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 I believe is the name of the song uh, that is right after the motorcycle scene. By far my favorite song on the soundtrack thus far in, you know, part one. But uh, you did touch on something I actually wanted to kind of swing back to. He definitely isn't a villain. I, I know. Yeah, I know he's not. The, the game at first kind of tries to frame him as such. But then, you know, later on in when you fight him the second time, he actually like, fights all the kind of unnamed troops like off of you before then, you know, fighting you. So he's a very interesting and dynamic character. And kind of what was that process kind of like to kind of embody that? Or was that just something that you kind of did off the top of your head or did it kind of take a few takes to kind of nail down? Um, You mean like in terms of like, like, like how he feels about cloud, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, cause like you can Um, definitely hear it in his voice, which is, you know, 100% yours, so thank you. Yeah. 
So um, <laughs> the, uh, the funny thing about that is that I kind of got this vibe, even in that first scene where he's kind of like the, you know, the villain of that scene. Um, they really like frame him as just kind of like, you know, this completely like, you know, nuts soldier guy who's going to try to kill you. But like, I had this vibe, like even in his first like recording moments, I'm just like, I don't think that this guy is evil. Um, and he seems completely fascinated by Cloud. Um, and so like, I, I kind of like made this, whether it was conscious or subconscious, I'm just like, okay, I've got a crush on Cloud. I'm going to try and like make it, you know, sound like this guy kind of does too, but he doesn't know it. Um, and you kind of slowly start to hear him kind of um, open up more and more to Cloud over the course of that scene. And it kind of really helped with that dynamic. Um, and it ended up being kind of uh brilliant of me to do that <laughs> because that ending realized like yeah no he doesn't want to kill cloud he just wants to have fun and party with him and you know you know f fight him and possibly date him i don't know uh <laughs> but uh um i just i i really had a lot of fun getting to do that like getting the opportunity to up against one of my favorite characters of all time was immediately like oh i'm gonna love this and you can hear that in roche's voice that he's loving it um and it was very much like i was playing kind of what i want what i would have wanted to be in the final fantasy universe which is just this guy who doesn't give a crap about shenra doesn't give a crap about avalanche he just wants to fight cloud because that's what i would want to do is i'd want to fight cloud and party with him you know well like and like and i'm not trying to short any of the other voice actors everybody something i was very impressed with with the remake was that everybody's uh the english dub did a phenomenal job so it's very everybody is great in this game with that said i will argue that if I gun to my head, if I had to pick the character whose voice actor sounds like he's having the most fun, it would definitely be you. You just <laughs> really hear it in your voice, and you know that's obviously a credit to you know your own skills. But um, just it, it really does show off how much fun and passion you had in the role, which actually just kind of elevated the character to you know god tier in my opinion. <laughs> But um, so I did want to actually rewind from Roche. I kind of, you know, shot the gun a little too early with that one. I did want to okay. talk about Beyblade and Xander. Because I know a lot of people who were coming to this stream and are going to watch this later are big fans of yours, Xander. So I wanted to touch on that, if there was any, like, kind of fun backstory as to how you got that role, aside from obviously applying for it. But uh, kind of how did you end up being uh, one of the big characters in that anime? So the thing with Xander is that I believe up until the point that I voiced him, he'd been voiced by Andrew Francis, who's up in Canada. Um, and ended up bringing the entire production down here to California. Um, and so they needed a new voice for Xander since they weren't able to get, you know, the original guys because they, they basically recast everybody. Um, <clears throat> And they really wanted somebody who could match, like, like Alex Francis, but also make him a bit older. Because at this point, if you look at Xander in in Burst Turbo, he's he is fourteen, but he looks like he's thirty. He looks like Jotaro Kujo in Burst Turbo. Mm -hmm. um, so like, they wanted a guy who could like still embody that Xanderness, but like make him sound like you know. Like, really, like, you know, machismo and, like, he'd been doing this for, you know, half of his life and just like, hey, everybody, how you doing, kid? Like, uh, next thing we're going to do, we're, uh, we're going we're gonna to start with 100 battles and then you're going to battle me. Um, and so it was really kind of interesting getting to do that. Um, that audition process, I think I auditioned for Xander about four or five times before they finally were like, yeah, I know 
we're done auditioning you. You're Xander. Um, that, I think that was like the year where I like, there were two characters who I auditioned for like five times a piece. And I don't know why it took that long for both characters. Cause the most callbacks I've gotten before that was one for a character it, we don't usually do that many callbacks if we do callbacks at all um anymore at least but so the fact that i had to like audition for that that many times was like okay i know they want me because they're having me audition this many times please just let me be xander um and when i find when they finally like sent, like they sent an email that was basically like you know uh, uh anime blade blade burst turbo and i'm like oh great they're gonna have the audition for xander again and then it's and then i open the email and it says hi we'd like to inform you that you've been cast as as xander and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> is that i, I did want to um, rewind real quick though um the whole there's not really many uh callbacks if any in voice acting is that stressful at all or do you per, kind of prefer that you kind of get just like um, one shot. Yeah, I I do prefer the uh, the uh, the one shot, the one kill method. Um, but like callbacks, like the thing about callbacks is that sometimes by that point, I have completely forgotten that I've even auditioned for that character. Um, so getting to do a callback at that point, I was like, oh, okay, I made an impression, time to, you know, leave it all on the floor, you know? Um, and, like, it's not really that stressful to me, because to me, it's just like any other audition, I'm just auditioning for it a second time. Um, like, I tend not to stress over any audition that I do, like, even, even, uh, Roche, like, as much as I love Final Fantasy VII, two takes on Roche and I'm like, okay, if I do any more than overthinking it. Um, and so I, I put in two pretty different takes. One that was, one that was more in my normal voice and one that was more in the, in the Roche voice. Um, and uh, that ended up being the one that they, that they wanted. Um, but like, yeah, like they're really not that stressful to me, but I know that there are other voice actors who are just like, Oh, callbacks are the most stressful thing because you made the first impression now you got to show that you can you know keep it up and i'm just like eh, no i mean yeah but like if that first impression was strong then just you know keep you know doing what you're doing and listen listening to what the director differently like if you listen to the director they're not that stressful at all unless the director doesn't know what they're talking about sure. um but that's very very rare that the director doesn't know what they're talking about that i've found because kind they of their whole, know kind what of their they job. want yeah. But um, another thing I wanted to touch on is uh, we've had a lot of voice actors kind of be guests at both uh, Physical Vision Con, Virtual Vision Con, and then now our new show, Vision Con Live. And so a lot mm -hmm. of people have come up kind of from the woodworks, you know, interested in voice acting, whether it being, you know, just a newfound uh, passion or this is what they've been wanting to do their entire lives. Is there any advice that you kind of learned along the way that you would like to then bestow upon them, every, everybody who's watching either live or later? Um, my absolute best pitch that I can give anybody is take voice acting classes, please. Please take voice acting classes. And, and like um, when, a, um, when a professional says, you should take voice acting classes. That's generally, they mean it. Like, please, like, like this job is as they little V big A, voice acting. Like you gotta know how to act before you do this. It's not just about being able to do voices. Cause like, I don't know if you heard, like Roche is not that far off from my normal voice. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of like the named characters that I play aside from like Demon King Jester are not that far off from my normal voice. It's not that I can't do other voices, but I, most of my work comes from the fact that I'm a good actor. Mm -hmm. um, and I became a good actor because I took acting classes that um, really, you know, helped me solidify, you know, methods that I still use. Um, I personally recommend the uh, adventures in voice acting classes that Bang Zoom teaches. I believe that they are now starting to do virtual uh, classes with them. Um, Bill Holmes is another is another great teacher. He's good for helping with like commercial work and helping with with specifically with like um, commercial auditions. 
he will help you kind of like you know get in uh to uh record uh commercials and stuff uh with you know knowing how to um properly record what commercial directors are looking for because a lot of people when they think of commercials they think of like you know a guy who talks like this um but that's not what anybody really wants anymore they want somebody who's going to talk to you like you know how i'm talking to you right now nice and casual nice and conversational um just you know basically just talking to you like like uh, so, sometimes even just straight up like you know intimate pillow talk you know just like you know like hey here's what's going on and we need to talk shop about this mm-hmm. um like those are the classes that i took that really kind of helped me get where i am i don't think i would be nearly 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 where i am today if i hadn't taken acting classes because i would just be a you know glorified impressionist if i hadn't taken acting classes you know which um, i think so is- that's my biggest 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 piece of advice is please 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 take acting classes and don't complain to me when i tell you to take acting classes <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is the common misconception with voice acting and acting. A lot of people don't realize they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, like, because you have to, it's in the name itself, like you said, you know, acting, voice acting. Because, you know, yes, we're all gifted, you know, well, I guess for the most part, we're all gifted with a voice. But, you know, mm. just because you have a voice doesn't mean you can become an accomplished voice actor. Case in point with you, yes. I, mean, I mean, just like on a dime, you can switch from your natural voice to something completely off your register and everywhere Mm -hmm. in between and not everybody myself included can't do that so obviously you know it's a learned skill and i feel like that's something a lot of people don't really realize is that kind of something you agree with yeah it's absolutely like like with any skill it can be learned um and there are there are obviously people who are going to take to it more easily than others oh sure there are some people just have talent, but even those people with talent need to take classes because they will fundamentals that even though whether they've got the natural gift for it or not, they need to know the fundamentals because generally that will help them know whether or not they're overacting or underacting and help them, you know, give a more believable performance on things. Um, so like yeah i absolutely think that it is a skill that can and if you want to get into it should be learned sure now kind of jumping ship from this i wanted to touch on one more thing before we kind of wrap things up and go to viewers comments uh, a lot of your characters that you, that you voice at least i've noticed kind of they're not necessarily good or bad guys they kind of blur the line a little bit is that by design is that kind of your favorite type of characters or is that just kind of completely coincidental um i think for some it's kind of coincidental um but like i'm i have always been really like bombastic and loud and i i know that i talk louder than most people do um and those kind of as i call them chaotic neutral characters um really are the most fun for me personally to play because i like you know touting that line of like what's good what's bad are they can are they going to help you or are they going to hinder you like it's that that unpredictability kind of um or i guess unpredictability i'm sounding like uh uh uh, uh ian malcolm uh but uh that kind of unpredictability there um kind of helps me have fun with those characters like ash in trails of cold steel that dude like when i get to play ash like i'm having i'm gonna have a lot of fun because he he wants to be a good person he's got just like this attitude about him that makes him kind of an asshole (laughs) um but like at least he's forward about the fact that he's a jerk like he like he he starts to become a good over the course of this um and you can tell that once he starts that path that he wants there but like he doesn't really care about anybody but himself in the first part of that game um and i actually just i really enjoyed getting to embody that because it's just a that kind of arc is a lot of fun for me and like with Roche like he we don't even know what his whole arc is yet 
And he's just an absolute blast to play. It's just chaos, chaos all the time. Like, I love getting to embody chaos, and I am the most peaceful guy I know. It lets me kind of, like, let off steam, I guess. Sure, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so it's both, I guess, intentional and unintentional because when I realize that I can play those kinds of characters and play them well, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to, like, you know, do my best to get characters like that because I can do that. But that's not to say that I don't go for other stuff, obviously. But like, those are like the characters that I'm confident that when I see a character like that in an audition, I'm like, I'm probably gonna get that one. <laughs> well, just, yeah, that's what you're most known for. But I did yeah. wanna touch on, um, you know, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, this is a job, you know, it's how you support yourself, you know, it is income. It, it, but does that, limit you to kind of the roles you take because obviously you're very passionate about the majority if not all of the roles that you've had over these years but is that a requirement to take a what job you, what do you mean so for instance so roche for instance you were already a huge final fantasy fan but let's yeah. say i'm some studio exec of zach pictures and i was like hey i want you to voice this character from a thing you've never heard before for over something that's really niche and you probably actually won't like it. Will you still voice it if I give you, you know, some amount of money? I'll absolutely do it because for me, it's not whether or not I will enjoy the particular thing. It's more along the lines of, I just have fun doing this job. Mm -hmm. I have the most fun when I'm behind the microphone playing. Even if I never even think about that character ever again like I just want to have fun doing this like it's like yes like you know do this and I make money off of it but like first and foremost this is just something I've I feel like I was always meant to do and it's evidenced by the fact that like whenever I go in and I play a character I'm like okay I'm gonna have a good time because I'm going to, even if it's like a character who's like super like, you know, depressing, like I'm going to get to put on a show for people. And I know that I'm going to put forth my best effort and somebody is like it, whether or not I consume it or not, some, and that's fine. Like I just have fun doing this and I encourage everybody that, to, to kind of think of it in that same way. Don't think of this as a, it, the minute that you think of this just as a job is the minute that you're not gonna have fun with this anymore. If you're doing this just to be famous, that is also the wrong way to go about it. Do this because you wanna do it. Do this because getting behind the microphone is the most you have. Um, because like, you can tell when somebody isn't having a good time with this because it's so evident in their performance. They don't put anything into it and it's, you can tell it's just a job. Sure. Um, so like, yeah, no, I will absolutely like if a director is like, Hey, you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, 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 no second, uh, no second guessing at all. I'll do it. Yeah. And that is that kind of regardless of the character, even do you have any apprehension about, maybe what the character represents, be it like, what if the character's like a huge misogynist just because, you know, he's a bad guy or just well, is there any like that or you kind of just ready to roll whenever? Yeah, like, I mean, like, with those kind of characters, somebody's gotta be the bad guy, you know? Like, if that character is the villain and those are the things that he embodies, I don't embody things but somebody's got to do that. And if the director thinks that I'm the best fit for that character, I'll do it. Like, I mean, like, look at uh, June in Kakegurui. He is, he's probably the worst person I have ever played. But it's one of my best performances. Um, and I, he is just completely terrible he abuses people who he thinks are beneath him. He's terrible to women. Absolutely horrible to women. Um, and But um, somebody had to do that. And, you know, I got to say, I had a lot of fun being that character because he has these big explosions. Every villain, well, almost every villain, when they are like that, 
you gotta find a way to break them down. Somebody's gotta break them down. Usually the protagonist breaks them down. So getting to go from that super confident jerk who abuses and, you know, just completely mistreats women to women breaking him down and seeing his explosion at the end of it is one of the most satisfying moments of my acting career because I was like, okay, with this character, I get to go from zero to a hundred in two episodes. And like the most satisfying part about those is when they are beaten down, when they lose, because like, hell yeah, the villain just lost. I don't care if I'm the villain. Like, I got to, you know, I got to lose as the villain. That's pretty cool. So, like, yeah, no, I really balms against playing those kinds of characters. Like, unless, like, unless the entire is morally questionable, like, I don't really have any apprehensions. But if, if, the, if the project is morally questionable, like, if I, if I look at the whole thing... Uh, don't really like what you're doing here. Uh, I won't like in that case. I won't do it. Like there are very few times where I'm just like, yeah, no, I won't do that. Sure. Um, I'm pretty open to just about everything, you know. Yeah, for sure. Except I mean, for porn. Well, yeah, naturally, and I feel like that was one of the uh, one of the stipulations. All right, guys. Well, now is your chance to type in uh, your questions because we're going into a segment I like to call the plug zone. So while we're doing that, go ahead and write down your, or rather type your questions down and I'll read them right after this. So we're in the plug zone right now, Austin. So anything you want to plug, anything you want to promote, you are free to do so right now. Okay. Um, well, I've been, uh, I've been streaming a lot lately. Um, I've been streaming on Twitch um, a lot. Uh, I'm on there under Amtrax V-M-T-R-A-X, A-M-T-R-A-X-V-A, which is also my Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, just the other night, I streamed uh, just casually Final Fantasy VII. I, I streamed it on the hard mode a few weeks ago. But then the other night, I'm just like, hey, you know what? It's the night before my birthday. I want to chill with you guys. I like hanging out in Midgar. Let's chill in Midgar for a bit and beat the hell house, you know? Um, and so, I, you know, that's, that's basically what I do there. So if you just want to do some chill hangouts on Twitch, I'm there all the time. I'm working on becoming partner. Um, my website is austinmatthewsva.com. Um, and also, I have a radio play that I've been developing for eight years. And they published the pilot for in, uh, I believe, February uh, called Megaton Girl. Uh, that's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. Um, it is basically just about wherever you cast, I think. But yeah, it's Megaton Girl. It's a uh, superhero radio play. Um, LGBT friend. Um, the, main, the main character is as pansexual as I am. Um, and... Uh, if you like, you know, high-flying superhero adventures and uh, um, sludge monsters getting, you know, beaten down, then uh, you'll have fun with that. Which, actually, I'm sorry, we're going to leave the plug zone, but we're not going into viewers' comments yet because you actually touched on something that I actually want to dive a little deeper in real quick, if, you'll, if you will uh, indulge me. Uh, something that I saw when I was you know, doing a little research on you that I actually was really glad that I saw and really wanted you on the show is that a lot of the content you do and just you as a person are very LGBTQ plus friendly. And so I really just kind of, if you don't mind, wanted to touch on that real quick to see if, you know, is that something you intentionally kind of put into kind of A, who you are as a person, but also in uh, what you do professionally, or is it just kind of something that's found you? Um, it's one of those where like, when I, when I create, I create the stories that I want to see. And those are the stories that I want to see. Um, and like, it, it, very rarely do I ever get to play LGBT characters at all. I generally, I am very straight. <laughs> so people cast me as straight characters because I, for straight very easily, even though I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like getting to do stuff like that is very fulfilling for me 
why partially why I made Mega first place is because like I don't get to you know take part in a lot of those stories um, in fiction at all. Like I I get to take part in it in real life because that's just who I am. Um, but like in fiction, I don't get to do that a lot. So I'm just like, okay, you know what? It wasn't always intended to be this way at first, but it slowly over the course of eight years turned into the story that I wanted to tell. Like originally the two main characters of Megaton Girl were just friends. But then eventually I'm just like, you know what? No, they're going to be girlfriends and they're going to be girlfriends at the start of the show. Um, so like I just, you know, I wanted to see a superhero show about that sort of relationship. Like that's, I don't see that a lot in any media, let alone superhero media, which um, especially mainstream. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot and I'm going to go for this. Um, and so far, the people who have listened to it really, really like it and really, really like the relationship between Connie and Laurel. And I really am glad that people have enjoyed that relationship as much as enjoyed building it because these characters are very important to me and I want them to be happy and they're the most happy when they're together. Um, and like, that's the kind of story that I want to tell is about people being happy and kicking ass. <laughs> well, I mean, representation does matter. I mean, in a special media, somehow, you know, we're in the 21st century and, you know, that's still a very slow concept to, uh, the most studio execs. So I'm really overjoyed. And it was one of the things I wanted to make sure we touched on in this, that, you know, you understand that and, you know, you advocate for that. So yeah. with that said, we're going out of the plug zone and going into viewer comments. So let me right. real quick kind of scroll all the way back so I make sure I don't miss any. All right. A lot of people are super excited to see you here. How's it going, everybody? Sorry, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in the chat, so I can't see what everybody's saying, but I hope that y'all are having a good time. Oh, they're all having a great time. Most of, you know, most of which me, but I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm a little biased. But, <laughs> okay, so Isabella, I believe she didn't uh, tune in for this part. Uh, do you have any tips on how to start out as a voice actor? Well, that's actually a good one. Beside, I'll, I'll kind of do an addendum to this question because we kind of answered it earlier with um, take voice acting lessons, but... Let's say you do take voice acting lessons. You're raring to go. How do you then go from that point to landing a gig? What do you have to do? You got to audition every day. You got to work on this every day. When you're, not, when you're not in the booth getting paid, you're still working because you're still auditioning and you're still making. And until you get to the point where, you know, you're firmly established, you gotta keep working on that. There's lots of places online that you can make those connections. The Voice Acting Club is where I made my connections. I wholly recommend that. They've got a great Discord channel that I am actually a part of. So if you wanna come in there, reach out to me. I can help you guys out with whatever you want. And there are plenty of other actors in there who are willing to help you out with what you want too, because we're all a big family and we've all gotta help each other. Um, and on the voice acting club, you will also find lots of auditions. You got to audition and you got to audition for everything, especially when you're just starting out. You got to audition for everything so that you can find something that sticks and so that you can find where your strengths lie, what you need to improve on and all of that. Um, that is really what I feel, aside from taking acting classes, the most important part of just starting out. And that's one of those things that I wish that I had known more in my first year going into this. Um, because like you know that first year like i made like a few connections but a lot of them like were just kind of like you know coincidental but then when i really started like near the end of that year uh focusing more on auditioning every day and making those connections i ended up you know making some pretty big strides by the end of that you know the end of that calendar year i should say um and then that next year I made even more friends um, because I went to a convention and I went to voice acting gatherings. Like if there were like, uh, if there were actors that were just like, yeah, no, we're going to do a big gathering. We're all going to go to IHOP or whatever. I'm just like, Oh sure. Yeah, I'll do that. And I ended up meeting, you know, longtime friends there, Mark Allen Jr., Sean Shiplock, um, uh, Kira Buckland, like all those people. Like I met a lot of them in, Oh, well, I met Kira earlier. I met Kira at an arcade um, after she cast me in a animation that she uh, wrote. 
Um, but like in that, 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 that first anime expo that I went to um, at that meeting, like I made so many now, I would say hopefully lifelong friends um, who I have been delighted to work with and who I have gotten to grow with and watch them grow as well. Um, so if, if you ever see something like that at a local convention, definitely go to it because you will meet people there. Um, that's my, my, you know, that's, that's my sales pitch on that. Well, I love it. I mean, that made a lot of sense. And uh, speaking of animation, we do have a viewer comment. A fan asks, what's your favorite anime that you have seen? And then in a second question, what are some of the favorite animes that you've actually voiced in? So a two-pronged question. Well, my favorite anime that's currently running is My Hero Academia. Um, I've been watching that with my fiance, and we have been absolutely in love with that show. Um, my favorite anime of all time, it, the, there are two of them. There's Nichijo and Cowboy Bebop. I love I'm both in. of those for very different reasons. Nichijo is just completely ballistic, and it gives me, like, big Katamari vibes, and I love Katamari. That whole show is like, if, if Katamari ever got an animated, it would look and feel like Nichijo. Um, and Cowboy Bebop... It's Cowboy Bebop. I ain't got to explain yeah, shit. Explain it's Cowboy anything. Bebop. Uh, <laughs> I was really hoping that was going to be one of them, so I'm pretty psyched. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, um, one that I don't ever really get to talk about, Big O. Big O is one that I, I yeah. absolutely adore. Okay, but then uh, what are some of the favorite ones that you voiced? That was the second part. Hmm. Kill a Kill is probably the big one that I really, like, I love that show. Like, it is just completely insane um and i love the animation the animation and the music is stellar um and uh oh gosh um i didn't watch a lot of it but i really liked what i saw of seven deadly sins um diane is my favorite character. um and um Magi, the Kingdom of Magic, was also really good. I love that show, and I wish it would get more love um, because it's just just a wildly imaginative show that um, is pretty loosely based on um, the uh, Arabian Nights, like the stories of like Aladdin and stuff like that. Um, but it is so much fun and just a beautiful show. Okay, well, actually, we're going to jump ship from animation real quick um, and going into actually self-care. Uh, Marissa wrote in and asked, what are your favorite forms of self-care? As in, how do you take care of your voice, health for your job as a voice actor? Um, I sing a lot. <laughs> that helps really? me kind of like, you know, keep my voice, you know, uh, fresh and my range wide. Um, I sing a lot of songs that like allow me to like really stretch my range without hurting myself. Like... Um, excuse me, I think I'm going to sneeze at some point during this stream. I apologize if I do. Well, please um, say bless you, don't worry. Um, uh, like, oh gosh, what's that one? Uh, uh, beautiful song from Nier Automata. Like, I have actually gone on record saying that that's one of my big warm-up songs that I'm going to a session. Um, just because it's like, it's so operatic and it really opens up my, my chest and my throat. Um, and it helps me, you know, stretch my vocal range a lot because that game, that that uh, that uh, that song is all over the place vocally. Uh, also, for now, so I I drink water all the time. I don't have my bottle with me right now, but like I usually have my bottle with me, like right next to me wherever I go. I'm always keeping my voice nice and lubricated. Um, I drink uh, tea with honey before and sometimes after stressful sessions. Um, and uh, on days where I do really vocally strenuous sessions, um, the rest of the day, like, I don't talk. Like, I, I do talk, it's like very, you know, short sentences. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, yeah, I don't really talk after those uh, because I don't wanna risk damaging my voice, especially session the next day sure well there was one last question i wanted to touch on before we close this episode out i wanted to know what 
is the advantages? I mean, obviously, I mean, there's some obvious ones, but the difference between, you know, you finding these auditions and auditioning and stuff like that versus you having an agent, which you mentioned you recently acquired, kind of what's the advantage to getting an agent and how soon as a voice actor should you go about getting one? So I will answer that second part first. Okay. You should go about getting an agent to have an agent because if you try and get an agent too early, you might make a bad connection and the agent may be wary of you in the future um, because they'll, you know, you're not really mature enough to be part of this. If you reach out too early with a demo that you put together with, you know, no, you know, actual like um, skills. Um, so you, I really didn't, even attempt to and until I'd been doing this for about nine years. And even then I don't think that I, even then I don't think I was ready. I was when I was ready to get an agent, I had a a director say, hey, you should have an agent by now and I'm gonna get you in touch with them. Um, and that is honestly how you should go about it is having a director get you in touch with them because if you don't have a good recommendation if you don't have a great recommendation from a great director most agents are just going to be just like who's this guy um and that's how it was for a bit with me or like you know i'd send something and agents would just not even like respond but like when i had a really great director give me a recommendation to my agent like the like before the end of the day they're like uh, hey, let's schedule a meeting. And I was just like, okay, yeah, schedule a meeting, sure. Um, so that's like, that's the first part of it. The advantage to having an agent is I get way, way, way more auditions from getting an agent. And my agent also gets to be the bad guy for me. Um, like say, uh, say I'm waiting on money and I, and like usually most paychecks come in about 30 days after we record. Um, very recently, I had to, my, my agent reached out to me and was like, hey, we have, you haven't gotten paid for this yet and it's been a few months. Would you like us to look into this? And I'm just like, yes, please. And they're just like, okay, we'll get that taken care of. And I'm getting my money. <laughs> because I'm, sometimes I'm just like, ah, reaching out to people is stressful and I don't want to seem like, you know, I'm like desperate and be, you know, the jerk. Sure, I, but then hard for me to be firm but, you but when you have eat. an agent in your corner they can be firm you gotta eat it yeah, day so i mean the money's kind of yeah. hired yeah when i when i hooked on with my agent the first thing that she said to me was um the big advantage of us is that we can be the bad guys for you um and i was just like oh thank you because i can't <laughs> <laughs> i can do it as a voice actor but you know not in real life yeah, so they're 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 the ones who get to put on the box when uh, I'm getting when I'm getting when I'm getting bullied by people not paying me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the second episode of your new favorite internet show, Vision Con Live. Anything you'd like to leave on leave off on before we end this off, Austin? Again, take acting classes, be cool, and just if you want to do this, just make sure that you're having fun. And like, that's, that's the most important part of this job is that we're all creating and we're all having fun doing it. Um, and if you have fun doing it, keep it up, keep going, keep, uh, keep striving for it. And I hope to see you in the booth someday, you know, um, that's really, that's my big thing for everybody. I hope that you have a great Sage words, Austin. Now, I do want to start this new segment. I'm making an executive decision on this. Sorry, Vision okay. representatives. But I'm going to start. We are going to announce the next episode tomorrow. But everybody who's tuning in is going to get the sneak preview of the guest for next episode. Next episode, we will be joined by none other than Michael Yurchak, actor and voice actor for such characters as Rat or Jet the Hawk from Sonic and, of course, Obito from the Naruto series. And that will Very be cool. 6.30 p.m. Central time, of course. I believe 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. So everybody watching right now, make sure you guys join us next Tuesday, June the 2nd at 6.30 p.m. Central time or your 
associating um, time zone. And that's about it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching us. I'm Zach. This has been Austin Lee Matthews. All of the links that we have talked about uh, on this stream will be in the YouTube's description, YouTube video description when we post it. So don't worry if you guys missed any of that. And until next time, stay safe out there. Cheers, everybody.